Now I understand everyone gathered here as the ruling council of Robo World and the citizenry of Robo World that we have just been put to shame recently. And well, as your new president of Rolo Robo World, I promise you that we will put everything back together for the sake of our Robo World culture. And we will not be shamed by these racers with their race cars on the Red line, it's anime. Hello, Miles. How are you? And how is everybody else out there in podcast land? You are tuning in to the more you nerd and it's anime. And we are talking about something that I am desperate to get off my chest. Miles, I have mentioned your name and then did not let you talk because I'm, <laughs> I'm too excited right now. I, I am super, super pumped. One, I, I watching something that I have not seen before especially when it comes to like a self-contained anime film is a thrilling experience because you and I purposefully did not talk much about this movie when we watched it. Yes. And a lot of times we will kind of share some, some ideas or some minor notes or something like that when we are both typically watching the movie at the same time. With Redline, Drew watched a little bit before I did, and we both remained pretty quiet, except for the fact that we were both extremely enthusiastic about our experience. Yes, absolutely. And so I, I, I'm going to say, because this is this is exactly what I wanted out of anime because or anime, because this is yeah, you have to put the little tiny, that, tiny space in there. <laughs> yes, this this is a new movie to add to that that Rolodex of movies that you need to get people to watch. Like if you if you were interested in watching some anime, this 100 percent needs to be on that list. Miles, I pride myself as a bit of a nerd, uh, as you may know, uh, nearly 10 years <laughs> podcasting uh, with the uh, uh, the more you nerd <laughs> with the more you nerd. I, I weekly yell the phrase nerd out uh, off of oh, this yes. show. I, I do it multiple times a week. I, I like to save it. But, you know, um, so when when it came to watching this movie and finding out about this movie and I'm just going to go ahead and spoiler warn the rest of this episode. The fact that this movie never crossed my path until now is shocking every bit of this movie from the creative dna of the director the screenwriters the, the everything about it i don't know how i did not know about this movie until now until just this week doing this episode how had i never even heard the name redline redline is the name of the movie that we're talking about how I had never heard of it before, despite all of these other cosmic connections that we're going to talk a little bit about. I, how I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it because I loved this movie. Yeah, I'm, I am in the same boat as you. I, I want to go back in time and hop up on the shoulder of past Miles, who's perusing the Best Buy anime aisle 
And like I would I would look over things for so long because I, you know, I could only really afford like one purchase. And there was one time this movie was on sale for like $16. And I need to go back in time and tell him to buy this movie because I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I I knew that this movie existed and that was it. I'd never seen a trailer. I I think I knew it was about racing, and that was maybe what I wasn't looking for at the time, but because initial D was a thing, and you know, initial yeah. D. Yeah. But and I I, I, I gotta say, I, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and warn people, we don't have a a formal intro history of uh this week. One, just because we couldn't find that much. There's not a ton um, of information out there about this movie that at least over here that we have access to in the English language. <laughs> right. And I mean the the main stuff that we said last week that it took seven years to make and a hundred thousand handmade drawings. And from what I was able to glean nearly or at least it was not the primary factor, but it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back that nearly bankrupted Madhouse Studio. And they went through, I think, chapter 11 at the time. And then uh, is it uh, Koieke? Uh, the director's name? Koieke. 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 He was, I think, <laughs> immediately released from Madhouse after this movie because this movie was a bomb. Somehow it, this movie was it, a bomb. It kills me that this movie was a bomb. I kind of get why it wasn't a hit in the States, because the States really wasn't looking a lot at anime film at the time. And if this had maybe premiered on Adult Swim, because the vibe I get from this movie reminds me of that early 2000s pre that kind of focus on that Tim and Eric kind of comedy where it was still kind of you had some shows like C-Lab and Aqua Team, but there was still a lot of just old anime on there yeah there there, there was a spe specific vibe that it had and redline if they had debuted that movie on like a saturday night adult swim special or something i think this movie would have it, caught on it would have been a smash hit because i'm going to tell you some of the creative dna that this this movie has so I, i'm not going to talk about the director yet because the director is his own thing one of the writers of this of this project when the screen screenwriters wrote oh, Manishi. uh numerous episodes of uh i think it was in okido nope uh, sorry uh yoshiki sakurai he wrote oh a number of episodes of ghost in the shell standalone complex miles do you know the first place i ever saw ghost in the shell standalone complex adult swim adult swim Another one of the writers, Yoji Inokido, wrote the entire screenplay for an anime called Fully Cooly. Are you familiar with Fully Cooly? I am familiar with Fully Cooly. Yeah, FLCL, you might see it, you might see it spelled. One of my favorites of all time, a short little six episode deal. Um Yeah, he wrote he wrote the entire thing. Uh and uh you know where I first saw Fully Cooly Mouse? Adult Swim. Adult Swim. That's right. That's two of the three screenwriters. Uh, the third screenwriter is less known for the stuff that you would see over here in America, but had has worked with the director Takeshi Koike a lot. 
a uh, lot. Like uh, they're like some sort of team. And I have heard specifically because there are animated sequences in two of their films, uh, The Taste of Tea and Funky Forest. And I have heard The Taste of Tea is legit one of the best movies of the 2000s. I, I, I need to find it. I need to find it because I'm going to tell you, Takeshi Koike is a guy that I was not familiar with by name when doing this. And if you look at his his track record, if you look at what he has directed, just his where he gets credited as director. This is the first thing, like one of the biggest things he's done. This was really his first major like actual movie directing. But he has also directed like he, he directed the uh, the the world's world world, record world record for the animatrix. He has been like, he did key animation for like, if you look for him under the key animation section and not under the, uh, the, the director Director. section, he's got a tremendous catalog of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, you've got some of the, the biggest names from demon city, uh, Ninja scroll X, like, Card Captor Sakura, Card the movie. Sakura, uh, uh, the the Vampire re- Hunter D Bloodlust, the remake of Vampire Hunter D, the uh, Tri- uh yeah, the Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust is the because uh, that came it's out sequel. in two- well, it's a okay, sequel. I don't know, I don't remember. I just remember it came out in two thousand, like twenty years after the yes. original. But uh, Lu- uh, uh, Trigun, he's got a bunch of Trigun stuff because Trigun was a Madhouse production, which I learned in doing research for this stuff. Um, and I look and, at I look at this and I look at this movie and this <sighs> this this is my anime director to to watch now. I cannot believe what I have seen. So let's get into it. We said we don't have a ton of history, and that's true. This movie it came out in 2009 in Japan. It was in production for multiple years, uh, se- seven years seven. of production seven years of production for this movie no wonder it almost bankrupt madhouse over 100,000 hand drawn frames i'm going to tell you that because i mentioned this when we talked about wings of oniami's royal space force that what does drew like drew likes meticulously hand animated mechanical things and this is a movie about race cars. It's a movie about sci-fi race cars with weird sci-fi drivers. This movie is reviews call some reviews called this animation for animation's sake. And yes, that is true, but but it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It is amazing. Okay. So it's it is one of the most stunning animated pieces i have ever seen it is like okay so let's get into it because we've 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 patted on the back a little a little bit here we should we should yeah yeah. we should get into the movie so so red line is a movie about sci-fi race cars and their drivers specifically about a a a race called the red line race and we're we open up with with our main character Sweet JP, which is, I love the race card, the racer yeah, name. I love in this that movie. everyone has a cool name for their vehicle and these different types. And JP's car is just, 
Trans Am. It's the Trans Am like, 20,000, man. Trans Am 20,000. But everyone's got like these hover vehicles and these like super spacey things. And he's just got this souped up Trans Am. And I love it. So we open up with with the, a race on what is called the Yellow Line. And it is on this this kind of backwater planet that I that I can't remember the name of that they do name it in the movie. Uh, and it, it's you've got all these weird alien creatures and you've got like talking dog people and you've got I'm going to call them uh, biological T's. They look like their heads look like uh, the letter T with with the with the <laughs> eyes on the stalks. And, you know, they're, they're getting together and they're betting on the races and and there's so much happening in the backgrounds of these scenes that it's just I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just it it's it's like every like okay, you remember in the Star Wars prequels when you went to Coruscant, especially mm-hmm. in episode two, and they're down in the they're down looking at the bar and there's all the stuff happening in the background that's all live action people and everything is going on and just imagine that level of of stuff happening, but it's all hand animated. And it's just, I can't, I can't. animation for animation. The, the, the best Love way it. to describe this movie. And I know we said, you know, wacky races and speed racer. It is wacky races by way of heavy metal. Yeah, that's a great that is, description. That is exactly what this is, because it is wild. And you have this intergalactic space race of these different kinds of races. And there, there is a weird awesome severity that the voice actors use in the way they say their lines that you specifically get from 70s and 80s anime and it's and dubs of 70s and 80s anime yes and this movie does that in such a an amazing fashion that does not make it look silly but because it's so hyper stylized it really accents everything and so because of the way the hand-drawn animation is, is so meticulously done and has all this specific types of shade that makes it look like a moving comic book, as if you're as if you took acid and your comic book pages started coming to life and telling you the story. That is this movie. It is that kind of when I say heavy metal, it's that really overly mature science fiction, wild storytelling, but in the guise of a wacky races concept. Yeah. Now I don't want to, I don't want to, to, I have to say the weakest part of this movie is the story. It is textbook. <laughs> it's, it's a race. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a story. race. And it's you, okay. and you know, the, and you know, the good guy is going to win or your main character is going to win at the end. It doesn't matter. That hmm. part yeah. is the least important part of watch of the experience here. What you match that with is this incredible, cast of characters that are all so different and so weird and so interesting to watch on screen and not only their characters but their specific cars like we said it's wacky races it is literally that there are literal dog people in this movie there are muttleys all over the place and they drive cars fast and I mean, Machine Head may as well be Dick Dastardly. <laughs> so I want to go through some of these characters because and, and some of their associated things, because they're just so, so interesting. So we've got sweet JP. JP is our main character. 
he is if you look at the poster they <laughs> which i look at the poster and i love it more and more every time i see it he is like uh there there is a a japanese uh 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 cultural moment and i forget what they call it but it's basically like a greaser culture um rockabilly it's a, it's a rockabilly style they they have a they have a different slightly different name for it and i've been playing yakuza zero which has a bunch of of these characters in it but he's got the leather jacket and he's got the cigarette and he's got this crazy pompadour haircut that goes out mm-hmm. two feet in front of his head and he 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 has the classic switchblade comb from old movies that i just love i love this and he just he, like he gets in people's faces he hits the switchblade comb and he combs his hair back it's wonderful wonderful and he drives this yellow trans am and it is the most normal looking car in the entire movie and it's just so funny and beyond that you've got his his best friend and also the guy who got him involved in the wrong side of the law frisbee his name is frisbee his name is not flying disc his name is in fact frisbee who is his mechanic who builds these cars for him but also puts in a couple of uh booby traps contingencies (laughs) in order to make sure that that jp doesn't win so that frisbee can uh keep keep the mob off his back which Uh, by the way i'm looking at the character list and JP is called JP the entire time, but the character cast list has him listed as Joshua Punkhead, and I don't never, think he's ever never, called that. Never stated in the movie, as far as I can tell. Never and stated. I, I, I was glad that I was glad that I, I was, I'm not alone because I, I thought I thought you were gonna be like, oh well, you 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 missed that one scene when you know he's watching the races and and yeah, it's apparently his name is Joshua Punkhead. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, well, it's it's it's. It makes sense. <laughs> so that's that's our that's our main character. We've also got the female lead, Sonoshi McLaren. McLaren, ha, huh, car reference. How about that? Uh, but and she she drives the car, the Crab Sonoshi. And it it's I, I hate to I hesitate to call it a car because it's less a car and more of a hovercraft. It's this yeah. it's this red it, like it's red. It looks kind of like a crab, and it but it can also it hovers along the ground. And it can also go in and under the water. And and she is they give her a lot. They give her a decent amount of development. And but there's some bits of development that we don't always get from her that uh, she she seems to have grown up on the same planet as JP and JP watched her race when she was a kid. But she doesn't necessarily remember that, at least uh, not as far as we can tell. Um, but. You know, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. The backstory doesn't matter. It's just there for flavor. It's just there for texture. Um, well, and that's the thing is, I I, I watched a couple of reviews, uh, hoping because sometimes these people that make some of these YouTube videos will go into some of the history. And I, I was trying to to find some, and I remember one specific reviewer kind of opined that unlike the live action Wachowski speed racer film that had a lot of the tournament stuff to kind of divide out all of the scenes this film is really bookended with just two big races and then everything else is sort of story that gets us from one race to the other and i actually really liked the slow burn because the world building in this film is so cool 
And the way they present all of the information, because they don't explain much at all, but the way they deliver that information allows you to take in what's going on. Sure. And so even if you you don't know everything, you get to experience this galaxy of interesting stuff from the robot space Nazis to the weird worm spaghetti. All of the stuff was <laughs> awesome. So like, I, 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 well, it was like fifth element. So we'll take a character break just to talk about the, the world. So we start with the yellow line race, which JP almost wins until Frisbee blows up his back wheel and sends him to the hospital in order to make sure that he can pay off his 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 mob debts. Soon as she wins and then gets a pass to because that's the yellow line and that gives her a pass to the red line. And these are races that are extremely popular, but not necessarily legal. And it is determined that the red line race, which we learn is the first time in five years that there has been a red line race is going to happen on robo world and robo world does not want the race to happen on their planet at all and they are going to spend as much military might as they can to stop it from happening and that is it is a completely unnecessary side plot to this movie but it just (laughs) works so well i love it so much especially because of the phrase don't wake funky boy which we're gonna get to after this uh because i want to get back to some more of these red line racers so and 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 other than than don't wait funky boy there is or we can't risk waking funky boy up is is the and again hearing these lines said with such conviction severity <laughs> really want to highlight the awesomeness and ridiculousness of what is being said but also just give such the, this seasoning of flavor to something that already tastes amazing But one of my favorite lines in this movie is when one of the bookies is taking bets and says, if you're looking for a long shot, JP's your huckleberry. Yes, that's that's not that's not the bookie. That's the host of of uh, of of the red line of of red line or or the the, the commentary crew. Yeah, the the, the commenters. But I love that they made that reference. And this this movie is just filled to the brim of these insane one-liners it's i can't i can't keep going with this episode without talking about how much i loved this movie it is (laughs) dumb it is simple at least as far as story is concerned but it is just wild in the best possible way and that wildness starts now because I'm not talking about story. I'm not talking about plot. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about characters. We've talked about Sweet JP. Talked about Sonoshi. Here comes the previous winner of the last five red line races. Machine Head. Machine Head and his car, Godwing. Who is literally a mechanical man. Who his whole deal for why he wins these races is because he mentally controls the cars because it's not like it's the other racers have wheels, but the wheels are part of me and it's a whole thing with him. But the way that this is described is an on-screen interview with machine head. (laughs) 
I can't, I can't help it. He's got a Shih Tzu, the little tiny Shih Tzu dog. <laughs> and he's being interviewed like it was an on-camera interview. And he's talking about the, the racers and racing. <laughs> There's this Shih Tzu there the entire time. And it's just so funny to me because it's such a real moment, but it's also completely absurd. I just I love it so much that that is how they introduced this character, the big bad of well, it's not even the big bad. He's the big bad of the racers, but it's not like he's trying to to blow them up with a satellite from space. Well, like the 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 president of the robo world is. But, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, the, the cherry on top for for Machine Head would have been if they had gotten the Bush song to play at some point while he was like gaining on JP. But they have a whole Machine Head song in the I movie. I know they do. There is a like, they've got a lot of great music in this movie. And if you look at the track list, there are like 65 tracks of songs in this yeah. movie. It is. It's insane. I'm sorry. It's literally 42 tracks. Take that for however you want it. 42 fans. But uh, so. <laughs> So here we go. So we got Machine Head, who who is fantastic. The next crew we're introduced to, I just can't believe that this is a Batman and Robin analog. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Lynchman and Johnny Boya, isn't it? Johnny Boya, Lynchman and Johnny Boya in their Lynch car. And they are bounty hunters who always beat the bad guys. And the, the, the piss part. One of the best things in this movie, because because they're doing this as if you're watching the promos of these racers on TV and uh, Sona, she is watching these and um, there's some fan service there. It's an R rated movie. I'm sorry. Um. You know, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> she's watching the Lynch man and Johnny Boya uh, a video and they're doing this whole thing and you see the Lynch car and all of this stuff. And at the end of it, they even say Lynch, they advertise Lynchman's best takedowns now available. Like it's a DVD that you could buy, to which point you just see, hear Sonoshi off screen go, What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great. And then you also have uh speaking of fan service, these like two kind of hyper sexualized magical girls that yes. have a car that turns into a voluptuous robot and their windshield viewing screens are in the chest and it's just it's such a ridiculous yes over designed so, thing so you are talking about boy boy and boss boss uh all, all their racing team known as super boeans from the planet supergrass which we uh, we see the planet Supergrass in a couple of scenes. It only seems to be ladies in bikinis that live on the planet Supergrass with the princess Supergrass, who seems to be related like to them in some way. Uh, and their Boeing car, yes, turns into um, if you imagine RC from the Transformers movie, uh, the the pink motorcycle robot. Um, yeah, their car is a pink, uh, pink car that turns into a a robot at certain points in the movie. And yes, the cockpits for where they are driving the car are right where you think they would be. Um, it, it was it was a very hilarious moment because it's one of those things where you kind of expect it, that that to happen at some point, but it, it almost never does. You know, it, usually someone is like just just 
a little bit of above board. And and here they're like, nah, we're, we are going to be completely ridiculous. We're going to be completely like cheeky. It's, I think it's the best way to, to put their stuff is, is cheeky. And, and they do come from a planet that has magic, but they're they have promised not to use magic for the sake of the integrity of the, the race. It's it's so weird and strange. And they even talk about the the uh, the new track that they've dropped, the new music video that those two have dropped. And it's it's just so strange. Um, speaking of strange. We have a rivalry between the next couple of racers. Miki and Todoroki. Miki and Todoroki are these two. They're from Earth. They're actually, I think, the only two people from Earth in, in the, the movie. Uh, they are the, in their, their car. It's more like a motorcycle, the Semimaru. And they're kind of criminals. They're like. Yeah, it's hard to describe, but I would say if if like jackass from the 90s was a race car team if i had to guess they're more they're they're all about getting in people's way and and messing up races and i don't know it's a, it's a weird it wish they got in giant oxville to do something for this <laughs> but it, it would have been so fitting but they also have just the most stereotypical bowl cuts in the entire movie it's so funny to see the two of them animated on screen uh, but so you have that and you balance that with Hamesh Freeney. Do you remember Hamesh Freeney uh, from this movie, Miles? Not by name. You may know him if more. You, if you, you may know him more it. as Gory Rider, the blue space gorilla cop in his gorilla tank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is exactly what you would want. It, it almost it feels like a video game where especially a racing video game like f-zero where you have like the one or two human characters and then a lot of like wild aliens that is kind of the, the the vibe i get here and i think that's what makes i mean one yes the style is over the top and the, the hand-drawn animation just makes it's, everything it's not just pop. it's not just style because style is, right. is not descriptive enough it's style <laughs> But it's also this this vibrant creativity that just teams in in this film. The the galaxy that they have made is so interesting, and you're always looking at at something. Your 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 eyes are always kind of busy because if you're not looking at the 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 main action in the forefront, there is always something going on in the, in the background, and. And like Drew said, that style that is in this movie makes it impossible to look away. So it it really demands repeat viewings. I've already seen it like kind of a second time. Same. I, I started watching again to pick up specific clips, namely to get all of these racers names in their cars. And I ended up watching another 45 minutes of the movie because I can't help it. It's so interesting. Like, again, the movie is not like it's it's the story alone. If you were just to tell if I was just to tell you the story. You'd be bored out of your mind. It's the most textbook, whatever story. But so much is happening on screen. It is not boring at all. The, oh, not even not even a little again, bit. Th- this is a this is a two hour movie, two hour ish movie. I can't remember the specifics. Again, forty two different tracks of music. 
and and finding is, out that the director was also uh, responsible for the pilot of Afro Samurai makes all the sense in the world because Afro Samurai was largely informed in terms of style by Cowboy Bebop. And in the same way, I feel like Redline is very informed by Cowboy Bebop in terms of its style, in the way in which the, the actual film kind of moves with the music. All the music is a very conscious choice. And a lot of times the actual scene kind of vibes with the music in a very specific way that uh, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo did, and, and, and as well I, as Afro Samurai. Yeah, and if I'm reading correctly, the the director is also responsible for the key the key animation for the intro to Samurai Champloo, which is a big deal. Right, and Correct. notably, the character designer doesn't seem like he was involved in any of the animation, but of of uh, but but was the character designer for the characters in Sasuke, the new Netflix anime about a black samurai. Which, yes, which I'm now going to watch because of this movie. <laughs> right. And well, yeah, that's the, the Flying Lotus one, which looks very, very cool. But specifically, one of the things that so you get this extensive red line race in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And honestly, if 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 you don't watch the film, at least watch the first 10 minutes of the movie just to get the the amazing feel of everything frenetic burst that is this race because i want to i want to add into that miles because you say frenetic burst when we talk about these are race cars we a lot of us in uh, on the planet earth are used to race cars and even the in-camera views of drivers and things like that but everything we're talking about is asphalt it's paved and there's a smoothness to it that that I mean, it's not like it's completely smooth because it's a car going at 150 miles per hour or whatever, or a thousand kilometers per hour. I don't know what kilometers are because I live in America. Uh, but um, in in this movie, everything seems to be dirt roads. Yes, that was a good joke and you were right to smile at it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but in this movie, everything is dirt roads and it's 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 uneven terrain and it's these what feel like they determined where they were going to do a race and they did an illegal race there. It's like a, a gumball rally or, or something like that or a, a cannonball run, but on different planets in a galaxy. And, but because of that, when you look at these racers in the race cars, they're just, they're shaking around. You feel the, the I'm, I'm shaking around in my chair to feel it. And hopefully that doesn't mess up my audio, but you, you feel the, 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 the unevenness of the terrain. You feel they're driving while you're looking at them when they're behind the wheel. And it just, and again, 100,000 frames of hand animation, baby. It it's, works. It's so smooth. It's so smooth. And the point I was going to make was after this 10-minute race, you have such a cool tile sequence that is not only stylish and gets you more pumped for what's going to happen next, but it is extremely concise. It is maybe 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 50 seconds. If that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I cannot remember because I was so like, it, I was, a, I was too busy when that title sequence came up texting you saying, Oh my gosh, bro, you got to watch this movie. This movie is so good. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And 
I, I, that was where I kind of got the, the bebop shampoo Afro Samurai comparison from where, where the music and the style were all kind of making this kind of music video type feel and just everything about this is honestly exactly what I want from a standalone science fiction anime. There's so much, there's so much science fiction anime, but I feel like stuff like this doesn't get made very often at all. It doesn't. And, and that's the thing that boggles my mind. Again, I mentioned this at the top of the show. I have no idea how I had never heard of this before doing research for this. We set out in this it, it, for this anime to talk about movies that had fallen under the radar. And I cannot think of a better title that has fallen under the radar than Redline. This is a movie that is popular. It's got iTunes review, or it's got, it's got Amazon it's got a, reviews. It's got, it's got, cult, cult, it's got following. a cult following. But this is a movie that deserves to be seen by so many more people. It's so good. Honestly, we should have had our buddy Travis on here for what you haven't seen, because that is sort of I, I've read so many articles about trying to trying to glean some some factoids about the movie that bring this movie up as essentially the best anime you haven't seen. There are so many articles that basically frame this movie that way. It's why and, I picked it for this challenge, because yeah, it showed up on all of these lists. And I was like, Redline? What's Redline? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's got good reviews. And I remember watching the trailer after we recorded last week because I was going in completely blind and Drew was like, I don't watch this trailer. And it's... I mean, even then, I was like, ooh, I am getting excited about this. <laughs> I mean, you could hear us last week just even talking about the comparisons that were being made. Like, this is what I want from anime, especially anime film. I want vibrant creativity. I want wild ideas. Not everything has to be. And because I know my love is, is character-driven slice-of-life stuff and very uh, contemplative stuff. But sometimes, let's use this sort of medium that where you can do the most wild things visually that you don't need 200 million dollars for and just the, the sky's the limit yeah so i want to i want to pause right here and i want to talk about something particular to this movie in particular to this director which i think are interesting so there are two characters in this movie that we haven't talked about yet uh a, a character named shinkai who was this sort of alien red turtley crabby kind of kind of alien guy and and Trava who is this uh looks relatively human except he's got these furry long blue these these blue skin they got furry blue ears these are two these are the last two racers that we were introduced to in this movie uh, with their their uh their race car the speedmaster well, oh, I, th I, th I thought you were bringing up Shinkai just because he was uh, <laughs> the voice of Rick Hunter. <laughs> no, I didn't. But that that's a that's a whole other thing. Um, actually, was he? Yes, he was. Yes, Tony, Tony uh, Oliver. Uh, he is also the voice of uh, Lupin the Third in the most of the dubs of Lupin the Third that we've gotten. I did not know that. That's uh, cool. Si similarly, uh, uh, Sonoshi is the voice of. Uh, Fujiko Mine in most of the dubs of of Lupin the Third that we've gotten, which is uh, interesting because the director uh, of this movie, uh, Koike, 
has directed a lot of the more recent Lupin the Third movies and the Fujiko Mine TV series that they did. But anyway, I only bring up Trava and Shinkai because as I looked into this director falling in love with this movie, I discovered that he directed a an OVA and I call it an OVA. It, it was only one episode long. It's 45 minutes called Trava Fist Planet. And it is these two characters, Trava and Shinkai, who are on their own adventure. It was created before. It was back in 2003. And remember, this movie came out in 2009. So production on these two things overlapped because this movie took seven years to make, basically. Um, And it is this completely separate OVA that is this a similar animation style, similar animation feel. It's a little more lower budget, of course, because of what it is. But it's just interesting and wild and and it's hard like it's hard to describe what it's like but i have seen so many things that seem to be influenced by it even though i doubt that they could have been influenced by it because they happened at the same time um quick cuts and weird camera angles and strange facial expressions and it's out there on youtube i recommend watching it uh it's 45 minutes long it's subtitled it's it's not the highest quality you're going to find, but I I adored it uh, watching that and to see it. And, and I saw that after seeing these two characters show up in Redline, uh, which, again, same director, same creator. So it's it it just I don't know. It, it creates this bigger world that. The biggest disappointment that I have about all of this is that between Fist Planet and Redline nothing else has come out of this universe since this movie came out. And that hurts my, my heart because I fell in love with this director's work and this whole creative universe that was going on. And no one else seems to care enough to give it money that matters. And well, I, and it's, oh. I know. I mean, and this is the problem when you fall in love with a, a cult film is you see all of the promise, you see all of the creativity, you see everything that it is and can be. And then you also have to reconcile with the fact that this is all you're going to get. Now, I mean, obviously, stranger things have happened. Uh, time has been kind to many, many things. Loop on the third is a great example. You know, I, while while Lupin had popular movies, it wasn't till the first Lupin television show was in uh, heavy syndication that the show became really, really popular, which then brought apart uh, Lupin the third part two as an anime f- uh, show. And it kind of blew up from there. I I will be searching out the the last three uh, Lupin movies just to. To, to experience oh, this absolutely. director's work because again i doubt it's going to be as i mean i don't know it could be as fast cut it's going to be a little more toned down because it's a lupon I'm sure. movie but i like lupon as a character i've, I've watched yeah. a lot of the original lupon show i'm so much more interested in this <laughs> creator's work i i am so into it now this is a guy that has been a part of of the creative DNA of so many things that I've watched that I have never known his name. I've never bothered to look up his name. And because of this movie, I know his name and I am looking (laughs) for his name and I will be watching what he does. 
And that is an amazing thing for me as an old man, as, as a nearly 40 year old enemy. I'm, I'm nearly 40 years old. I am a geriatric millennial, which is an actual thing that is a, ter- a title now, which I hate. But it, it's it's such like I cannot believe that this movie escaped me for more than a decade being able to see it. Well, and that's oh, that's the fun of of being a fan of of nerd stuff and that's the fun of expanding our nerd horizons which this show's all about because there is always something else in anime in comics in film in television in in books there's always something you discover i i mean that we will we will never in our lives be at a point where there's nothing there's no new terrain i mean cue the applause sound effect miles cue it because perfect perfect description man <laughs> i mean because we could even go through but let, let's say uh, a, a retro focused anime uh, service like retro crush we could go through that for an entire year and still find stuff from that slice of time which is mostly the 80s and some of the 90s and still not get all of it which, by and, the way, we almost did. And there was an entire anime series that I had never heard of that's been going on since the 70s. That is huge. that I had never heard of. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. And I mean, we will probably take advantage of that at some point in time. But this this is this is what I wanted to glean, because I mean, the two movies that that, you know, I put forward are ones that I had already seen. And. This is exactly what I wanted to get out of this month is 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 discovering something. And and talking about something that other people can discover, because this is a film that even if you don't like it, and this is kind of like the same thing with a uh, role of Space Force is even if you don't like it, I think it needs to be seen purely for from an artistic perspective. Like you, you could say, oh, well, it's it's superficial. It's it's just loud. It's just all it is is action. And some of that is true, but it's not true in the way that the perception of anime shows from from the era in which this film comes is true. And I think just like uh, Royal Space Force, this this film is such an artistic expression and such a great example of the of the type of anime that is uh, it is attempting to be that it should be on almost Every single nerd's must-watch list. Like, if you are going to watch X amount of anime that isn't Miyazaki and isn't Ghost in the Shell and Akira, this, if you have a list of 10, this movie has to be on it. Yes, absolutely. And I will tell you, because we have talked a lot, because uh, we normally go through a lot more plot in this movie than we do. So much of this movie is 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 seen and not heard. It's hard to talk about the plot of this movie because I could just say main character wins race. That's just, that's nailing it down to just the smallest parts. This is a movie that deserves to be seen. It is animation for animation's sake. As we said at the very beginning of this show, it is so detailed, so much weird stuff going on. I I cannot believe that this is not more well known after watching this. Uh, yeah. And so 
I'm I I'm friends with a lot of, of of musicians. I'm super into into music, as as you know, Drew. And there's a term that my friends and I will often use for some bands that just never got popular. But other, it's it's a simple term. It's just that that, that this band was a band's band. Yeah. Or, your your favorite band loves them. I, and I, in that respect, I have heard the same film, thing about a comedian's comic. Uh, you right. Know, like like Larry David was a comedian's comic until he got to to hbo kirby enthusiasm this film and and these filmmakers are an animator's animator like this is something for people who love the art of animation because you are not going to find a more sublime animated hand-drawn experience anywhere else and i say that as someone who's seen some gorgeous animated films but this is next level I'm going to to reference just to to paint a fuller picture because I feel like more people have seen the Animatrix than have seen this movie because the Matrix was a huge deal. Um, so yeah. the 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 world record Animatrix was directed by the by Koiki, the the director of Redline. The writer, a man named Kawajiri wrote the script he's an animation director in his own right but he wasn't gonna he was just writing he was not directing the animation and he raised some concerns about the script there that there wouldn't be enough action or there wouldn't be enough of uh character stuff with these characters that appeared in it and but then he said oh but if takeshi kawiki of madhouse is directing it then there's nothing to worry about it (laughs) like this is the kind of reputation that that this director has and he he also said that he was he that that Kawike goes beyond everyone else's imagination when watching the film he, he is struck by the thought that there is no one who can draw cool art like him he is out of this world and i i would urge everyone to watch Redline, and also to watch Trava Fist Planet, which is the same director in the very similar, similar, not necessarily animation style, but animation feel. It's because the the two things are very different in the way that they're presented. It is just, it's the kind of animation that that if you love animation makes you appreciate animation I, 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 that sounds like such a dumb thing to say and i recognize that when those words come out of my mouth because it's like if you like cartoons you like cartoons but it's 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 special in a in a way that i i'm i'm struggling to come up with words to describe yeah i mean and that's the thing is i mean i i would love to talk about like just the, the use of the music and 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 certain palette choices like i i the color in this film is is it's so impressive and it's so deliberate it honestly it reminds me a little bit of without the without the kind of cell shading style uh jet jet set radio mm, yeah because jets well jet set radio was one of the first uh, uh video games i remember that had that that sort of uh what do you call that? It's not cell shaded. Um, uh, it was. It was almost like a. I, I don't know. It's. It's like it's graffiti esque, but not really. It, yeah. Any. Any. Anyway, it was a specific style, and and this does not make this by no means looks like Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio, whichever you prefer. But 
it definitely feels informed. There, especially in in some of the character designs, color choices, and as a result, everything pops. And and that's the thing is like you could take any shot from this film and and put it on you know a a button down t shirt or an anime scroll. Like every single frame of this movie just feels like a piece of art. Even a black leather jacket. Which is maybe one of the hardest things to animate and have it pop on screen, especially considering the darker backgrounds of most of this right. movie pops. Uh, and also, the, the the script is fun. Whoever localized this, you know, I know they 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 one they translated everything really well, but there there were some references that I'm not a hundred percent sure were necessarily in the Japanese version. I, I, I'll be your Huckleberry is such a specific Western reference. <laughs> That I don't know if that's in the Japanese script, but, but I love. But I that can't. The, but but I can't guarantee that it's not because I can't guarantee that it's because, not either. Because I, JP, I agree. J, because JP has that huge, crazy pompadour haircut. That well, so, but the rockabilly so, style was exceptionally popular in Japan. Still sure, is, but it's borrowed from that that American style. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those movies that when you when you. Like I bought it. I just don't know how big Tombstone was in Japan. Yeah. Well, I I I bought the movie because I was like, oh, this seems like maybe I should buy it, and I'm glad I did. But it only came with the English dub copy. Now I got to go out and find a Japanese language copy to to see if you know. I think what, it's on the Blu-ray. Watashiwa Huckleberry is on the. <laughs> <laughs> However, I, I will say the the dub is fantastic. It is. It's really good. It's deliciously acted, and. Man, I, this is this is this is a film that you honestly, I would say, if you if you hadn't if you didn't watch this with us, and you wanted to watch it, whether you 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 rent it from iTunes or or buy it on Amazon or watch <laughs> this, it on Tubi for is, free with ads, this is honestly one of the best episodes to free to listen to because we've spoiled basically nothing. nothing. We we've didn't, spoiled nothing. We didn't and, even and, talk about Funky Boy Miles. We didn't even talk about Funky no, Boy. And you no, know, you know what though? I'm honestly okay with just talking about the essence of the movie and not the finer <laughs> points because this movie is a treasure trove to be discovered. Yes. And what I want people to do really is if 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 it's done safely whether through the uh, watch a, a watch along service or if you, if you can gather some friends, uh, if you're all being safe, get some popcorn, some drinks, as big a TV as you can get and and have it as a shared experience, because this is this this deserves like a second theatrical release. I would love to see this in a room full of people oh, who have never seen this with a bucket of popcorn. It would just be a sublime experience. And I just I cannot recommend if you haven't seen it. Just check it out. Like, the, I'm not saying you're going to love it, but if you are at all interested in art or the art of animation or anime itself, you really owe it to yourself just to watch this this film that took seven years and a hundred thousand hand drawn frames to make. That in and of itself is amazing. I would st- I would stick a plasma screen or well, not plasma an LCD screen in the Guggenheim that had this movie on loop if I could. <laughs> this is one of the most glowing reviews that we have ever done. I just I 
I went into this expecting like I watched the trailer before I decided to 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 include this on the list. And I was like, this trailer's pretty good. I think this movie's yeah, gonna be good. Well, this looks fun. This is really interesting. I like the art style. I cannot believe how much I got into just the experience of this movie. And I don't know how much more I can say about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I, no, I, I feel agree. like I've sp- I, I feel uh, this is an, more than an hour long episode. And I feel like I've spent most of it like this movie is really good. I know. I know it's really good. I just it's <laughs> it's, it's it's so it's yeah, I, it's I, hard. I, to- I also feel super generic saying what what's it, it literally is a nonstop thrill ride. And that is the most generic thing I could have possibly said about an action racing movie. But it is it is like being on a universal or Disneyland or Carowinds or Six Flags ride. That it, That is it, this film. Thank you for calling out Carowinds. It never gives you more than a couple of minutes to sit in one location. And even when it's sitting in one location, there's so much going on. And whether it's in the background or whether it's with the characters and it just it's. I I love this movie. This yes. this movie is a classic in a way that I was not prepared for it to be. Watch no, I, this I, movie. I, I I definitely get some fifth element vibes in terms of the let's throw everything including the kitchen sink in terms of the way the the, the galaxy is built. Yes. We don't get to see everything just like in fifth element. You don't get to see everything. This is a very, very different element. Except you do get to see everything for a couple of characters. Wow, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. It's an R-rated movie. It's an R-rated movie. It is an R-rated movie. Uh, We're we're all adults here. Uh, Probably. And... (laughs) But just all of this stuff. I mean, even... Even though the race is over, like, the, the, the... aggression of the the robo world is still going to be there these like robot nazi type people are still a threat like this movie solves nothing just the race and i love that i i love stories that take a slice of a world or or an uh a place and just and, tell you a story. And we have we we need to talk about robo world for just a second because we talk about all these weird alien characters and crazy people that are there Robo world is literally a world of these different like pieced cyborg people like yeah. humans with like an eyepiece or a weird mask or a weird headpiece or somehow like not if, missing if skin. If Char and a Borg like got combined. Yeah. And, and, and that is just a whole other side of this movie that we've barely touched on because again, this movie plot wise, very simple animation wise mind blowing with all of the stuff that is happening so many interesting individual characters just ah uh, i watch this movie yes i i mean yeah i i don't know if if there's much more we can say uh, that isn't just pure praise and excitement because any criticism you can have is for 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 this short of a film, I, I think, is in, invalid in, in terms of the storytelling, because, again, like I was I was saying, I like just getting these slices of these universes without just like an opening scrawl or, or narration that tries to, like, tell you everything. So you can just I like just being plunged into a universe. Here's what it is. Here's the context of things. 
explore. And and this movie does that in the context of a film that is about racing. But it's just it's so cool. And I, I feel like we were robbed that we couldn't get a, a, a manga, a sequel, an animated series that just dove into this this universe that they created. It's it's so creatively inspiring and it's it's such a cool expression that I cannot recommend this film enough. It is it is superlative animation filmmaking. It's superlative filmmaking. I, I just I there are, I've we've been doing this show for 10 years. There are few things that I have come across for the first time. I've come across a lot of things for the first time on this show, but this is one of the few times that I am legitimately shocked at how much I loved this. I'm not going to lie. It it, it kind of warmed my heart that for once, Drew was the one watching the extra OVA and then the pilot uh, three minute thing and then the additional like sequel sequel. I watched all I could, man. I spent time for years, for years. I I, you always teased me for doing this. And now you understand. Look, man, I get it. I get it. I've always gotten it. But now I get it. I just it's it's. I I was so in love with this movie and in this this style again yeah. not style style it's it's so it's up my alley in a way that I never expected and that I don't I don't love all of the designs in this movie but yeah. I uh, because you know it, they're not always my cup of tea but it's just it doesn't matter because it just it fits. This is a movie where a weird red crab guy can live alongside a dog man, alongside a robot guy that's got a crown. I just I petting a Shih Tzu. I just I I don't know how much more I can say other than Redline. Go watch it. Yes, I I, I agree one hundred percent. This is. Definitely uh, another. I feel like every single one of these anime films has gotten the the Mori Nerd seal of approval. And so far, I feel like every single one of these movies are movies that. If you are an anime fan and maybe just haven't seen a lot of the standalone films. I, every one of these you you would enrich your anime experience if you saw and Redline is one that I just think more people need to see. And especially if you appreciate filmmaking and the art of animation. It is just a must see in that regard. If you if you watch NASCAR and you watch them go around uh, in in an oval for 500 laps, understand that me saying that Redline is amazing for 500 laps is most of what I can say. I just I cannot again, I cannot believe I never saw it before. I cannot believe that this is such an incredible (laughs) piece of work that I never saw or even heard of. But that's the final the final word. Redline's fantastic. Go watch Redline. It's already yes. to be careful. Miles, what are we doing next week for so our next- final installment of anime 2021? I, I am honestly super, super bummed to be leaving anime. Um, so this this next film is probably the most well-known, the most popular and the most celebrated of the four movies that we uh, have done this month. And that was 2016's Your Name by 
uh, Makoto Shinkai, who is one of my personal favorite anime directors. This film was a critical darling, a box office smash. And <laughs> it's, it's again, a, a science fiction romance film, or this is more of a fantasy romance film, uh, but done in, in modern Japan uh, as, as the girl who left through time. And that's all I'm going to say about this. It does it does use a a trope that I typically hate, and that's why I think what surprised me so much about this film is that it is about a high school boy in Tokyo and a high school girl in the Japanese countryside who suddenly and inexplicably begin to swap bodies. And body swap stories are one of my least favorite genre stories of all time, and. So when I say that I I absolutely love this film, that that tells you that's a testament of of how how well this is done. This and so movie, this I know has Drew a, hasn't seen this. I have not seen it, but I've, I feel like I've, it has a bit of a reputation for being very good. Um, yes. Was, it, was this? A, uh, was I this think an, it uh, was the. Was this an Oscar nominee? It. Don't get me started on. Uh, no, it was not. Oh, it, never it, mind. It, it, it got snubbed. Uh, it won everything else. And I, I remember that year, a lot of people who were not just, you know, otaku and anime fans uh, getting a little testy with the the Oscars that year for for not including it. And I think they might have cho- they might have included weathering with you. I know uh, Hasada's Mirai got nominated, but I'm just like uh, too little too late. Whether, oh, so, so weathering with you is a more recent film that is. Yes. Which is on is, HBO Max. Which right is now. on HBO Max. And I think it did get an Oscar nomination. And that's probably what I'm getting it confused with because he's the same director, it, right? Yes. Uh, Makoto Shinkai. And it's it's been a pleasure watching him develop as an artist uh, personally. But we will talk about that next week. Now, for your name, you will have to to rent or or purchase it from basically anywhere. Amazon, Vudu, Google Play, YouTube, Apple TV, they all have it. It's not streaming for free anywhere. I think at one point in time it was on HBO Max or Hulu. I, I don't think it's been on HBO Max, but uh um I I I bought this movie the second it became available. Um I might end and, up doing the same thing because I know it's got a pretty fantastic reputation. Well, Shinkai has a specific type of uh, photorealistic art style, and he uses uh, skies and colors a very specific way. If you look at the poster, you'll see what I'm talking about. So if you liked the backgrounds in The Girl Who Left Through Time, you are going to be blown away by what uh, Shinkai does. Again, he, he is my favorite Japanese director, bar none. He's one of my favorite directors, period. And... I, I can't wait to watch. I've been I've been trying to get Drew to watch this for a while. Patrick, who you know, our former co-host, is also a big fan of this film, and it's not going to be Redline. I'm going to tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> a little different of a, uh, of a of a of a movie, but one point of business before we go. I meant to open up because last week I promised that I would have some fun news in the more you nerd merch world. Ooh. And so if you go on to themoreyounerd.threadless.com, you will see a brand new design that takes two themes that we have recently done, both Odd Game Out and Monster March Madness, and lovingly puts them together 
in a nostalgic package. It is entitled Godzilla versus the more you nerd. And it is a design that focuses on an arc. Imagine of an arcade game that never existed in which the more you nerd star, which drew, I think this year we need to make a contest to come up with a name with our, for our mascot. That, you know, that's a good, I, I, that's a good idea. <laughs> because <laughs> while, while, when I commissioned this artwork, I was asked, well, what's the star's name? And I was like, just call it the more you nerd. Cause uh, we never made one. <laughs> But it is it is the star from the more you nerd in locked in battle with Godzilla in an arcade cabinet in that it's a fighting game and it's just a, a gorgeous design. And I am I am so excited to share it with the world. I. I could not be happier with how this came out in in a way that I just. I don't. It's not very often that that an artist actually completely nails what you ask for, especially because I'm so spastic and I don't always describe no, things no, correctly. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pause you, Miles, because y'all know how much I love Gundam, and I, I have a Gundam named after me right now. <laughs> like right now, I have a Gundam named after me that you can also find on our Threadless store, the DR three W 10th anniversary Gundam. But also, I got linked this art uh, a couple of weeks ago. I can't believe how good this art is. It might be my it's favorite so piece of the more you nerd art ever. It's, it's, so, it's so good. much fun. It's so good. I, and, I uh, might not get it on a shirt. I actually might get it on a coffee mug or like a print or something because it's just a really cool piece. And it's uh, if you go to the more you nerd. Yes, I, I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. And if you go to the more you nerd.threadless.com, you can see our new Godzilla versus the more you nerd design and that will probably be the 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 last new merch for at least a couple months because <laughs> i had a lot, a lot of merch made <laughs> this, this, <laughs> for this little uh pocket of time we'll see we'll but, see we might get a red line shirt in there i don't know but in the meantime that would be fun actually if, if you would like to reach out to us in other ways you can find us at the com. you can find us at facebook.com slash the more nerd twitter at the more you nerd and of course, you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about Redline and don't disagree with me because I can't handle it. <sighs> but Miles, so until next time, Drew, <laughs> in the meantime, we end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd. nerd.